Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Teen Talks with Tiny Pancakes. Um, and today we are going to be talking on the topic of um, forgiveness. So I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. Thank y'all for, um, you know, listening and all that other good stuff. And I hope that this message will, you know, you take it and you use it to your advantage. So, um, oh, my chair, I'll fall y'all. My chair is messed up. Okay. Um, so I know a lot of people struggle with forgiveness just because as humans and because life is just unfair, we go through hard things. And sorry if I'm talking weird, my mouth really hurts. I bit my tongue in my sleep and stuff, so, um, it may sound like I got, like, more of a lisp and all that, but anyways, um, you know, being humans and stuff, and we go through a lot of things, and we have terrible mean people out here who just do wrong to us, and we find it very hard to forgive one another. We find it very hard to just accept one another. Now, there's a difference between liking someone and just, you know, or just tolerating them and forgiving them, okay? I'm not saying you gotta like them, but I'm saying you should at least forgive them and move on because some people aren't just meant are not just meant to be in our lives you know um regardless of their family or friends they're just not meant to be in our lives but however in the bible god says we must always forgive everyone even our enemies the people who do us dirty like dirty dirty you know i don't know y'all's story but people who just do us wrong we still have to forgive them um because God forgave us. Uh, I'm gonna get into get go deeper into it, but um, yeah. And what else? I was just about to say something. It was gonna be really good too. I forgot. Um, yeah. So it's important to always forgive. Now, um, of course, I always gotta be, you know, speaking from the Bible for evidence. Um, so for starters, if you know, it's in Luke this time, Luke 15. All right, Luke 15 through, let me see, because I decided I want to do this other parable as well. Luke 15 through 22. 22, sort of, yeah. So, um, so the first parable is called the parable of the lost sheep. Now, if y'all know, Luke is when Jesus was alive. Um, I think this is his, this is before he leaves, I believe. I don't know. But this is when he was alive. He was teaching everyone. Now it says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, sinners were, you know, unclean people that were unpure and all that stuff. So people didn't like being around them because they felt that it was disrespectful and it would make them unclean, right? Okay, so um, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one, one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 and open the country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven 
over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And I thought that was very interesting. You know, as you expect that people in heaven will just, you know, prefer to have righteous people, you know, cheering for them. And I'm not saying that they don't prefer that at all. I'm saying there's no favoritism. There's no scale of who's greater and who's less. Okay. They don't see your sins as, you know, they don't see your sins as something that differentiates, I think that's the word, you from everyone else, right? And when people sin and they are now forgiven by um, God and stuff, it's like a moment where they were once dead, now they're alive. Now, when I say dead, I don't mean like actual dead, like they died in a car, car crash or something like that, no. I mean dead as in they were going down a pathway that was not um, living. They were going down a pathway that will lead them to, you know, the eternal pit of fire and stuff. So when people repent and they are no longer sinners or they, you know, you know, they try to stay away from their old temptations and try to, you know, calm themselves and turn over a new leaf, heaven rejoices because it's like we saved another person. Another person is saved. Another person doesn't have to die and go into the pathway of hell so, so that's what he means and like I said someone being righteous that doesn't mean that God loves you any less or loves you any more that doesn't mean that because God loves everyone the same amount because there's no favoritism but he's saying because that specific person repented and got forgiven then um you just if it's a little different Okay, so now I'm going to go to the actual um, parable that I really, really want to talk about. So, so before I get into that, um, the other day I was on Bible study and um, I was doing over the scripture. It was Colossians 3, 12 to 13. Um, so I'm going to just read the little section I circled off. Um, so it says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, this basically means anyone who just does you wrong or you just have hatred towards or grievance towards or just doesn't like them or, you know, vice versa. You know, you did something to someone and you just feel some type of way. First, it's good to always confess your sins and confess that, you know, I did wrong. So, you know, believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and then um, ask for forgiveness and you know of course God will want to forgive you and you will be saved and all that good stuff but if you are experiencing you know not forgiving someone the Lord says to always no matter what to always forgive those who you know sinned against you forgive those who always um, does you wrong all your enemies your father your mother your brother your sister your friends exes all you must forgive because the lord forgave you it also says in the bible that if you don't forgive the lord how would you expect the lord to forgive you um and if the way i can put it is that when the lord jesus christ died on the cross right he experienced one of the most hatred and oppression and just beat ups you ever did, um, not ever did, beat ups that anyone's ever experienced. He went through it all. 
He he experienced it all. He went through it for all of us. You know, he even forgave him putting up his life made God forgive the people who even killed his own son and put him on the cross. And that's why it's important to forgive those who sin against us because it's like I put my son on the cross for you. He experienced the worst of it all, all the beatings, and I still forgave you. What you're going through, you can forgive that person. What you're going through, yes, I understand it's bad, right? But you gotta forgive them. If I'm able to forgive you for the stuff, you know, the people did, and for the pain that my son went through for you, you should be able to forgive this person. You know, because God still loves us and he wants us to be with him in his kingdom. He wants us to experience his love. He wants us to be able to forgive another and not have to experience the type of pain that we've always been through all these years. To actually to experience this haunting past of memories that we've been going through. I notice that a lot of times when people have trouble forgiving, it's because of something traumatic, right? Something that's really, really painful. And it bothers them. It makes them uncomfortable to have to think about the stuff that person did to them. But let me tell you something. If you forgive that person and you put it all in the hands of God, he will be able to take all those problems, all this stuff that came with you forgiving, all the stuff that that person did to you, he would take it and throw it away. He would take that weight off your shoulders because I've noticed a lot of people who have trouble forgiving, they experience a lot of depression or anxiety or, you know, just pain, they're hurt, you know, you know, what they experience, they, they just have never experienced something like that. And it's hard to forgive someone who hurt you that bad, but you got to understand that when God, when you put God in a situation and you invite him in, you say, Lord God, I'm tired. I can't do this no more. I have trouble with forgiving this person and I want to, but it's just so hard because so much pain that they put me through. God says, it's okay. I get you're upset. I get you are in pain, but you have to bring it to me. You have to tell me. When you feel like you are going under, you have to first forgive yourself because I, I did things not many people know about, even if it's the big or big thing or a little thing. I've done things that I'm not proud of myself of, and I wish I knew better, but God says to always forgive yourself as well. When you forgive yourself and you forgive the people who did you wrong, that weight that you felt, that same weight that keeps messing with your head and you keep thinking about it and just won't leave you alone. God will take care of it if you just invite him in and you say, God, I can't, I'm not, this is something I'm not used to doing. I don't know if I can handle it, but I need you to help me and I need to forgive these people. So God, please teach me how to forgive. Please teach me how to forgive. You forgave all these people who did harm to your son. You forgave all these people who killed your son and put them on the cross. And you forgave all these people, God. And I need the same forgiveness. I need that same heart that you have. So um, I will say, to in the prayer, it doesn't even have to be you no know, deep one. It don't gotta be like the ones the pastors be doing in service. It can just be a communication between you and God, and just be you know talk to Him about, it. talk to Him 
open your heart up and just place it all on a map for him to see and have him evaluate you, have him be invited, have him help you forgive those who did you wrong. And if nobody did you wrong, help him to help you forgive yourself. I think a lot of times when people forgive others and they're like, okay, all right, now, now I got it together. You know, I don't got no hate for nobody. I ain't got no beef for nobody. It's just me. I did it. You'll start to notice things of yourself that wasn't there before, but that you haven't noticed before. And I've noticed that with myself too. I've forgiven a lot of people over the past year and it started to make me realize that I have a lot of stuff to forgive myself as well. Things that make me uncomfortable with myself. I'm just like, oh, here we go again, right? But I have to man I have to woman up and I have to forgive myself and ask God for forgiveness. Um I hope y'all at least get in the, you know, the context behind it. So, geez, man, I done talked off. Okay, let me tell you about the parable. All right. What? All right, so it says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate." So he divided his property between them, right? Because he had two sons, you know, the father gave them property of their own, separate. Not long after that, the youngest son got together all he had, set out for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs, meaning he probably got a job, okay? Um, he longed to fill his stomach with the paws that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He, so he was very hungry. When he had came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and asked you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf, kill it, let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive, and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in a field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, and he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he had has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered with his father's, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I can celebrate celebrate with my friends but when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitute comes home and you kill the fat and calf in him my son the father said you are always with me and everything i have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because the brother of yours was dead is not the brother of yours was dead and is alive again he lost and is found so so basically it's like um 
it's like a moment where the Father is obviously God, right? Or if you want to say Jesus as well, okay? The Father is obviously God. And the son who was lost is a sinner, right? A sinner who's just been out in the world, prostituting, chitty chitty bang bang, smoking, drinking, selling drugs, gambling, you know, all the other stuff, fighting. He's just a hot mess, right? But in his lowest moments, he realized that I have to go back home. I This is not the life. This is not it. I am dying. I am starving. I'm over here working for some pigs. I don't, this is not the life. I need to go back home to my dad. And that's exactly what he did. So, um, you know, as a sinner, when you had enough, you say enough is enough. I'm tired of my sinning ways. I need to go back home. This is exactly what happens. So when you confess your sins and you say, I've done you wrong. I've done you wrong. I did this, this, and this, right? God is already waiting for you. You're already at the door. He don't even have to walk all the way up to the door. That's exactly what it says in here. The son didn't even have to go in the house. The son was walking towards the house, but the father already embraced him. The father already said, okay, I forgive you. You're my son. I'm so happy you're back. And that's the thing. A lot of people think that with forgiving, right, with forgiveness, forgiving other people or having God come having you come to God to forgive you. You have to do so much. But God is saying, you don't even have to come in the house. I'm already there waiting for you. I'm already here with my arms open for you. You just have to come to me. You have to come to me and I'll be right here and you and I will celebrate. Um, so that's exactly what happened, right? And then um, the son, the other son, who was, you know, was working for the father for a long time. He's been slaving away for him. He's a servant, kind of. Son servant, I don't know, right? Um, he was kind of picking up a little attitude because he was just a little upset that his brother who was lost, he was out here doing a lot of stuff. How come he gets the all the celebration, but I don't? And I thought that was very interesting because um, a lot of times when people who are servants of the Lord, right? And they're, doing, they're working so hard. They experience a rougher time, right? So... God is saying, what you did is amazing. I love you for it. You are my servant. I will love you the same way I love the person who just came back who was once lost, but now is fine. I still love you. But because he was lost, we have to celebrate the fact that he was able to realize his mistakes and come home. So don't be upset. Don't be upset. Because your brother is, not, is now saved. We have now got another person to fill up heaven. We have gotten another person who's also a disciple, also a servant. So don't be upset. But um, I want to talk a little bit more how um, the father was already looking out for the son. I really like how the father was always looking out for the son. So right here it says, but while he was still a long way off, right meaning the son was not even close the father still saw him was filled with compassion for him so he ran to his son right the father ran to his son not the son ran to the father and it just shows a real representation of how god is literally right there if you're sinning if you are dealing with something you don't have to do much God is right there, right there. 
he will see you. He sees you. He sees what you're trying to do. He sees that you're running into his arms. But he will meet you there before you meet him. And I just love how all this time the father, you know, he was worried his son was out here doing wild stuff, but yet he still was filled with compassion. He was filled with compassion for his son and he kissed him. Now, when you're a father and you're saying you kissed him, right, on his forehead or whatever, that shows a sign of love. So regardless of what the son did with the father's property, what the son did in general, the father still loved him just as much as he loved the son who stayed. And that's exactly how God is. He loves us regardless of our sins. Yes, he doesn't want us to follow down a pathway. But when you come to him and you say, look, father, I'm, I'm giving it up. I don't want no more parts of this. And he forgives you. He will embrace you with so much love. You will start to notice and be embraced by his love and compassion. And he will just be so excited to have you back in his um, embrace. My fault, y'all. My mama's young. And for the verse, Luke 15, 31, it says, My son, the father said, you are always with me and, I, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because the brother of yours was dead as well. He was lost in time. So, remember how I said that the other son was upset? I guess you could say that the, the son was getting a little jealous. Like, you know, my dad, he's over here fraternizing with the other son and doing all this stuff. But what about me? He's also, he, God also reminds us that he is still with us. I will always be with you. You are never too far from me. Just like how the son was not even close to the house, and just like how he was out doing this wild stuff, he, the father was still able to meet him in the middle. He was still there waiting for him. So just like he was there waiting for him, he was also waiting for that person who's just been sitting there and, you know, working for him. So if you are a servant of the Lord God and you feel like, you know, life is just treating you unfair and that, you know, the father isn't noticing you, he's noticing you. He is noticing your work. He is noticing your loyalty to him. And it will not go unrewarded. In the Bible, um, if y'all know about the crowns, right? When you go to heaven. When you go to heaven, you receive these rewards. And these crowns have um, different meanings to them for different works that you've done. So if you are a very faithful servant and you feel like what you're doing is just isn't enough for God, he knows you are not going to be unrewarded. You are going to be rewarded. You just have to wait and be patient. If you are someone who's struggling with sin and you feel guilty for it, I advise you to go right ahead. Just talk to him. Just say, look, Father, I, I, I'm tired and I'm afraid that what I did was so wrong, but I'm here now. And he will forgive you because he loves you. He was already waiting for you to come and knock on his door. He's here for you. So I advise you to um, to run to him. Forgive yourselves. Forgive the people who did you wrong. Because if God can forgive you, forgive you for all the sins you've done, and forgive the people who crucified His Son, then you can forgive those who did you wrong. And if you are someone who feels like your works are being unnoticed, then remember God is always with you. He always sees your works. He knows what you're doing. 
And he appreciates you very much. My fault, y'all is an alarm. But I pray that this um, message will speak to you and that you forgive. You know, whether it's yourself, whether it's people, whether it's just accepting when it's your time to shine or whatever. Forgive. Because if you don't forgive, then the Lord may not forgive you. You have to forgive. You have to have that heart. And if you struggle with forgiveness, pray and ask God to help you. Because he will reveal to you what you need to work on. He will show you, look, this is what you got to do. I'm going to help you because I want you to forgive and have an open heart. Because God always looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the flesh. He doesn't look at whether you've got the flashiest clothes, none of that. He looks at the heart. Because those are just the things of the world. God created you in your heart. So he wants to see what your heart's up to. Okay? Alright, I hope y'all have a blessed day. I hope you enjoy this message. And I pray that it encourages you to do what you gotta do. And I'm sorry if I'm, you know, all over the place. Because I'm normally always is. But, uh, yeah. Okay, um... Peace, love, and bacon grease. I'll see y'all later. And thank you for tuning in for another episode of Teen Talks with Tiny Pancakes.